Welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show. I'm Anthony Totri. This guy right here. Senor, see you later. Sean DePaz. Yeah, I am. We got a lot to get into today. Just because it's a bye week for Arizona State doesn't mean that it's a bye week for the boys. But Sean, this is your last show. It is. At PHNX underscore Sun Devils, man. Like, this is... That's crazy. It it's is absolutely crazy to think about. I know we've we, we've we've talked about it, uh, just kind of in terms of like, has it hit you yet that like you're leaving? Which it has not at all. Um, it feels very weird because everyone was talking about it. Yeah, and then at some point, like today's the last day in the office for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I will be like, I'm working on moving, so like I will be. You'll see me in the office again, I'm sure, but I won't be here on official business necessarily. Um, yeah. It's That's crazy. That's so, so It is crazy, very odd. Right? We've come a long way. Back to when we were in the old studio, old studio. just for, for shits and gigs. Yeah. And we're just, it felt like we were covering, just messing around uh, uh, from the blueberry talking, donut holes to Marion Jackson. Oh my gosh. All those things, man. All those things. Well, we will kick some ass one final time, yes, sir. at least with, with you in this co host chair. Uh, again, we've had a couple days to, to kind of let it simmer. That Arizona State ended up losing that game to to Coach Prime and the Buffs. What kind of have you been left with with, with the way that game uh, kind of played out? Obviously, Shane and I did the post game show. We yeah. talked a lot about it. But what what were your thoughts on the way that everything uh, kind of transpired? I mean, it was a very beatable Colorado team that they didn't beat. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it it was a very weird game plan. I'll say that. And it ultimately did not pay off. Um, so I don't really know what to make of all that. Um, but it, and this was like, uh, to me, the most frustrating loss of the year. Like, I, I mean, obviously the Fresno State loss was incredibly frustrating, but that was like, that was so bad. It was like, eh. But like, this was a game they, they could have and should have won. And kind of like you talked about coming into it, it really felt like this was going to be one of their last chances to win a game. Um, and... They didn't take advantage of it. Um, so it was, it was, it just, I was, I left that game very frustrated. That's what I'll say. Yeah. No, that, that's, I think a, a really good way to put it, right? Is it felt like a game that Arizona State had firmly in its grasp. Uh, and somebody had tweeted it out for, for much of the game. It felt like it was a seven on seven match, just kind of, kind of going back and forth, mm. especially early on. And then the third quarter was kind of a, a defensive stalwart from both sides. And then obviously the the last two drives of the game, Trent Borgay leads Arizona State down the field and they take it uh, and they score. And then almost instantaneously, um, Shador kind of quiets the crowd and yeah. puts CU on top, man. So so it's certainly a, a difficult situation in in ASU moving to one in five for the first time since 1942. Um, so it's been a minute since they've had a start quite like this. Um, it, it's look, it's interesting. It's unique. I know Alexander in the chat talking about Jalen uh, deleting his tweet, uh, just in terms of the the I was okay tweet, lol, or something uh, as it relates to what kind of Kenny had said post game about the whole situation. Look, we're pretty we're pretty connected uh, in, in that locker room, um, and, and I I don't think these guys are giving up on each other. It is really where this is at they're not giving up on the coaching staff i'll say that specifically you look at the way that this team has given effort mm -hmm. after some of these games based off of in comparison to, to last year's team 
right? When it felt like pretty early on they were giving up uh, on that stat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Last year it felt there was no energy. It didn't feel like there was a whole lot of desire to be a part of Sun Devil football, to be quite honest, last year. Um, up until uh, they eventually did make the coaching change, and obviously that was a pretty drastic switch there. That, does, that certainly does not feel like the case today or, or, or now, right? Like it, it very much feels like a very different situation. Um, a frustrating one nonetheless. Like I, I wouldn't say one is... I don't know. The, the, the last situation was... I was going to say one's not more frustrating than the other, but I don't think that's true. The last one was certainly more frustrating because it seemed hopeless. This one, I, I still feel like there's hope. You're just learning. Least. Yeah. That, it, that's that's a tough thing. There's room... Yeah. Because like it's at a point where you can be like, okay, there's a learning curve. It's it's year one. There's time. Um, that obviously was not the case at the end of Herm's tenure. Like There was plenty of time, and it was just the program had gotten stuck in the mud. Um, and so it just became unwatchable almost i don't think that's the case anymore um at least it's not for me but it's still certainly frustrating nonetheless yeah uh donald the chat holy shit did you say 1942 yeah 1942 since the last time this team uh this program started off one in five i know res devils in the chat happy belated birthday uh res devil mm. one, of, one of the asu legends HBD res. In, in, in the community um yeah to, to your point right just kind of taking a look at the the vibe and the energy around these two programs. Um, and when I say two programs, I mean this staff versus the last yeah. staff. I feel, feel like last year, looking at that staff and watching that, it was, it was upsetting. And it was upsetting watching a Herm Edwards coach team because it felt for a lot of the year that he didn't care. Well, yeah, I mean, right. It's, we talk about the kind of the team giving up on the coaching staff. It, I mean, that was only because it felt like the coaching staff had given up on everything. Yeah. Like they had given up caring at all. So of course the team's going to give up on that in that situation. Um, again, does not obviously doesn't feel like that. No, and it, this is I, I used the word upsetting on purpose when I talk about the that Herm Edwards team yeah. because it's like you knew what the season was going to be going in. Mm -hmm. You knew that this wasn't going to be a year where they made yeah, uh, a bowl exactly. game or yeah, that yeah, they yeah. were going to go be world beaters. This season, I don't use the word upsetting. I use the word frustrating, kind of the way that Kenny has started to talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's just like you are beating these teams in so many key categories, but you're still losing the game. So it's frustrating to 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 have to watch this process because you know that they're on the right track. Yeah. And it's just frustrating to be like, okay, another lesson learned, Yeah, right? Like. I know there's a lot of fans out there that want to bypass the lessons. They want to get to win yeah, right now. I mean, now. everyone, we're a naturally impatient creatures, right? Like we, I, we want what we want and we want it now. I want my money and I need it now. That was one of the greatest all time. Yeah. What commercials or ads? What was I mean, it? Jingles. Before? JG Wentworth. Oh yeah. Call eight seven seven cash yeah. now. I don't think you could ever. Do you have a structured that. annuity? Do you need cash now? No free ads. No, no free ads. <laughs> I gave. Listen, when you're that ingrained <laughs> in the in the in pop culture. Um, JG went you, get, you are, are, are perpetually a free ad. Um, I completely distracted me from what I was the point I was going to make. It's okay. Um, I'm sure you'll get to it. But no, time. I mean, it, it is like what we were saying. Like it, it was the the Herm thing. It was just like, and I guess almost to be fair to Herm, like we don't know. Like if this if this is what the next five years are like, we don't know necessarily how engaged the coaching staff is going to yeah. be at the end of that. Um, so it obviously was a very different situation. I don't think you could necessarily say like. You can have as much problems with Herm as you want, but I don't necessarily think you could say like it was always like that. Nah. Like, I think when it started off, Herm was very much, or at least presented as though he was very invested. Um, 
but so yeah, they are very different situations. But yeah, like I was saying, we're very impatient. Like we want, obviously, we want to see them win, especially in these games where they can win. They probably should win, like Colorado, like all three of their their non conference games, which one of which they obviously did win. But um, even the USC, like they all of these games, they felt like they're, they're not outside again outside of Fresno, but even Fresno State, they're not getting embarrassed. They're maybe getting embarrassed. They're not getting blown out though, yeah. right? Like they're in games every single week um it's promising so, yeah and that that's why it feels frustrating if they're getting blown out and this is like okay it's this is hopeless move on right but it, it does feel like they are like they could be accomplishing something right now um but again they were never supposed to right it was never the expectation going into this year so um yeah i, I don't think you can necessarily let the team off the hook for not executing yeah right now because they certainly aren't um especially but, in winnable moments yeah but and when you're looking at this big picture it, it it's not about the right now. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, again, like you said, that's that's the frustrating part is we are naturally uh, impatient creatures. Yeah. And in sports, specifically football, it is a win now. Yeah. Kind Especially of. when it's like it's like a teacher, right? When you, there's If you had a kid that you know is just fucking a deadbeat, right? Yeah. You're not going to waste as much effort on them, even though all teachers are going to lie and say that they do. Um but there's the kid that you know could be meeting their potential, but just fucking around. You're like, mm, you want to put the extra effort in because you want, you know what they can be, and that's what this team feels like. You know they can be more. They're just not. They're just not there. Not there yet. But hopefully they will. Again, there's still a whole half of the season left. I do want to get to some of the lessons and takeaways that we have learned six games through the season, starting with uh, the offensive side of the ball, taking a look at what we've learned about this team. Uh, offensively, first and foremost, man, looking at these next six games, the offensive line needs to get healthy. I think this is a the, the bye week would have come. Uh, it would have been way better, I think, maybe before the Cal game, because yeah. then I think maybe that game goes a little differently. But this offensive line that in reality, specifically in that first half against Colorado, played pretty well. But they absolutely need to get healthy moving forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's another part of why this team is so frustrating, right? Where it just feels like, and I mean, every team deals with injuries, of course. But it's just like if this team had even just a few of the pieces, a few of their ideal offensive line healthy, like who knows what this team would be able to accomplish. It does feel like they are, like I was saying, like the the reason that's so frustrating is they're so close. It does feel like they're just one or two maybe players away. Uh, And not to say, again, not to say that there's like, it's not necessarily due to a lack of talent. It's just the injuries, no. right? It's it's if you had guys like Ben Coleman healthy, yeah. Asaya Asi- Glass healthy, like this, I think games look different. I think they probably have one or two more wins right now. Um, so it, it certainly frustrating. But if they can get healthy, I think you're going to see them competing in games that people might not have expected them to compete in. Yeah, Res Devil one lose big, two lose small, three win small, four win big. Yep. We're at number two right now. 100%. We did small. We did skip the one. Like that, well, that, their one lose big was Fresno State, but they didn't even like. That's the thing, like the, the Fresno State thing. I think keeps getting like misrepresented because it was they were in that game. The they they were, time. but they, they were two, down two possessions in the second half, like late into the second half. But a twenty nine to zero. No, I, can't. I know it's it was ultimately a bad loss, but like it's not like they got they were getting boat raced from no, the get. Like, it, they it were was, in that yeah. game all the time. Yeah, no, I agree with you, but still, that twenty nine zero is is the the lose big that they'll get this season Uh, right uh moving on to the next offensive takeaway sean elijah badger destined for the nfl this is a guy that i think early on 
in the season. We're like, okay, maybe we're just waiting for a, a little bit uh, of synergy with him and the quarterbacks. Uh, and, and it didn't take long because Elijah Badger really over the last couple of games has looked every bit like a number one wide receiver. And he's looked like he is eventually going to carry this to the league at some point. Yeah. I mean, there is a reason we came into the season talking about him being important. Yeah. He was. And I think obviously a lot of what we heard and saw was that he did not have the best fall or spring ball. Like it, it was rough at times. Yeah. A little clearly, surprising. Yeah. And I think it, I, for whatever reason that was, it clearly just, I think maybe took him a little bit to get back into the groove of it once he started playing games, but I think he's there now. Yeah. Um, and then he, that, that's why he becomes, that's how he becomes one of the best receivers in the pack. Um, he's at the very least one of the most slept on receivers in the pack. And I definitely think there's going to end up being someone that gets a steal with him. Yeah. And late in the draft or uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's always hard to interpret how, how guys are going to go. I'm not, not an agent or a foot on NFL exact, but whether it's it's late in the draft, undrafted, whatever, like they're gonna end up with Elijah and they're gonna end up with a, a gem. Yeah, no, absolutely. Alex in the chat, EKV never looks like he's running full speed, but still dust people. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's one thing that I almost didn't even notice is he is so damn fast. Yeah. Like he's got the when people talk about speed when it comes to football and I guess just athletics in general, there's always fast and then there's another gear mm-hmm. and ek has that extra gear that there's a lot of guys that you don't see have that he's got breakaway speed yeah and i mean in, in football it's not always it's not just about pure speed right like the reason guys end up like when guys are getting hit 40 yards down the field and there's not a receiver within 10 yards right is because of the route they ran in yeah. part two right it's not all just about having you're not there's very few nfl wide receivers who are going to completely dust an nfl cornerback yeah but it's it's you know it's the skill he has as a wide receiver certainly makes him like a i think an nfl caliber talent yeah most definitely the the final takeaway that we have from the offensive side of the ball uh chunk plays are few and far between for this team i think looking at the next six games of the the, the season i think that's where this team needs to improve now it looks like trenton borgay destined to be the starting quarterback for the remainder of the season or at least until uh there's an update on Jaden rashada but those plays need to start being consistent when we're talking about this offense and i look specifically at the third quarter it's a it's a quarter all season long that has felt like it's been lacking specifically for the offense and i think if you can hit one two of those chunk plays because like you said it's not like this team doesn't have talent on the perimeter if you're able to get some of those plays like we saw against colorado like we've seen against sc those are game changing plays that can ultimately get you to what res devil was talking earlier right where you've got the 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 lose big lose small turning those smalls into lose wins or win small wins there you go win smalls yeah, those trunk plays, I think they need to be, yeah. um, they just need to, to happen more often, man. And yeah. I think that's going to start coming with, with Kenny again calling the plays. Yeah, that, and I mean, like we were talking about with Elijah, right? Like, it's kind of been an emergent for him, and I, especially last year, like, he was the source of a lot of those trunk yeah. plays. And so I think his uh, resurgence, not, not resurgence, but just kind of getting into the groove of things is going to make um, those slightly less few and far between. Um, and, and I think... You know, for better or worse, there was clearly a very interesting. There was a very, there was a different game plan going into this Colorado game, and so um, I think that the coaching staff and the offense is going to start getting settled into exactly what, what their game plan is, um, and and what their offense is and what this team is, and that's just going to keep making it better because they clearly 
have not like I understand there's a whole off season and a lot of this stuff you would have liked to have ironed out in the off season, but you, yeah. a lot some of you can't really tell until you're you're playing someone in a, a different uniform. Yeah, um, and so they're clearly starting to iron some of these this stuff out, having an idea what they want, who they want, where, um, and I think you're gonna see again like we we're talking about the, those those small losses turn into small wins. Yeah, absolutely. Moving to the defensive side of the ball, some of the takeaways through the first six games. Sean, the edge rushers are as yes. good as advertised. We're going to obviously, a little bit later on in the show, uh, get to some of those guys, but BJ Green, Prince Dorba, uh, Clayton Smith, uh, the the defensive line in general, honestly, has been uh, kind of a surprise in, in yeah. a really good way. I was going to say, yeah, I would say they're better than advertised. Like, I... We... I, we like hand up we're not talking about the defensive line well like we're talking about the edge guys but not the defensive line yeah and i don't think we even really could have fully expected this the, the level of production we've seen from them so yeah. far. they really have been like i think the brightest spot of this team offense or defense um and obviously a lot of that comes with some of the, the pieces they got in in the transfer portal right like a like prince uh like clayton but then there's also bj who who i think is the is the the first head of kind of that, like that, however many headed sneak you want to refer to the defensive line. Like he is, he is that guy. He kind of sets the tone there. And so um, I think it's another credit, like it's stuff that, that kind of keeps getting lost. Like the names that Kenny and this coaching staff managed to retain yeah. um, playing big roles. Like BJ, I think is arguably the greatest example of that because he is just, I, like you said, I've been a surprise, a pleasant surprise uh, not a not a surprise because I think we always expected him to be good, right? But like I said, not as, as kind of dominant as I think this defensive line, these pass rushers have been uh, early on this year. Yeah, I mean, we started talking in the fall, right? Specifically at some of these position groups, which ones you think were going to be stars, which ones you think mm-hmm. uh, maybe were question marks. And and to your point, edge rushers, I think we we talked about we maybe didn't hype them up is much as we, yeah. and I mean, we thought they it, were going to be. To be fair, be. it was a little bit of an unknown, right? With some of the guys being transfer portal guys, it was a lot of it was just, it was hope, not necessarily yeah. that we They had, had the it. potential, yes, but you yeah. needed to see it. And on the flip side of that coin, we were hyping up the DBs because we thought yeah. the DBs would be a bright yeah, spot. 100%. But that's the next defensive takeaway here is it's been a tough six yeah. games for the DBs. Whether you're looking at uh, you turn on the, the film, literally watch the last minute of that Colorado game, right? Or, you know, you, you talk about injuries that some of these these guys have had to face. Shamari Simmons yeah. been, been playing with injuries uh, pretty much the entire season. Jordan Clark obviously battling injuries. Uh, Ed Woods, he got ejected uh, in that Colorado game. So now he's got to miss the first half of that Washington game. It's really just been uh, a tough up and down season so far for that group. Yeah, it, it really has. And I think, like... One name in particular you look at is is Roe Torrance, just a guy that I thought I think we all expected to be. Obviously, Jordan Clark was is Jordan Clark, but I think outside of him was the guy that we expected to be just dominant in the secondary, and that, that hasn't necessarily been the case for him. And then you mentioned all the injuries; like it, it's just it has been very rough. And I, if it wasn't for how good the defensive line was, I don't think it. I think it would be even worse. Um, they they have made them they have managed to make them look even better somehow. Um, so, uh, yeah, Donald saying it, I I agree 100. percent Like I, I definitely like you said thought the the secondary was going to be the strong point of this defense. There was there was clearly talent. There was there were veterans. There was people that we had seen do it before back there. Um, but I think they have ultimately been the worst part of the defense. Unfortunately, yeah. At times, again, you yeah, you look sure. at that that 
last minute of the Colorado game, it was a liability. Unexcusable, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's a perfect way to put it. Just unexcusable. Uh, moving on to the last defensive takeaway here. Need to figure out the turnovers and takeaway situation. Yeah. Only having one through six games is is simply not winning football. No. And I know we've heard from Brian Ward talk a little bit about it, right? Where, like, it is just going to take time. Some of it is these guys getting the system, getting the scheme, mm-hmm. and then another half of it is just turnover luck and takeaway yeah. luck. But... Again, in the in the next half of the season, you have to find a way to give an offense that struggles at times more opportunities. Otherwise, you are going to find yourself um, probably losing big to some of the remaining teams that ASU has to face down the stretch. Yeah, uh, the the turnover lock is certainly a part of it, but I, I think it. I mean, Arizona Dodgers fans saying it's the offense a problem. Like I I don't think you can really separate those two yeah. things, right? Especially early on in the season when the offense was completely inept. Like it's hard to be asking the defense to be making these big plays when they're constantly on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think hopefully you're going to start seeing better performances from them in the secondary in specific um, when uh, as the offense improves, hopefully. Um, but at a certain point, that's not an excuse. Uh, and uh, Turnover luck is very real. But yeah, at the end of the day, like good teams force turnovers. They they good teams have luck go their way to a yeah. certain extent. And that clearly has not been the, the case for ASU and their secondary, um, which is not to say the secondary is the only one responsible for producing takeovers, no. but obviously, you know, that's kind of what you think when you think interception. And it's not like, like they haven't had opportunities. No, the opportunities have been there. Yeah, that's very true. And it's not like they've, I mean, they've only played Caleb Williams once. <laughs> like there's been a lot of quarterbacks that are not Caleb Williams that they've played. They played a whole non, they played, I mean, shit, they played a co- game with three quarterbacks. Um, like, yeah, they, that defense certainly has to be better in kind of forcing the issue. Um, which, yeah, is and yeah, Blake kind of making the point too that the one takeaway they do have is not really, not like they they forced it. Yeah. Um. So it it does. It's certainly something that needs to improve. They definitely like that's another way that they're going to start turning those small wins or the small losses and the small wins is by forcing takeovers, putting the offense in good in good field position and stuff. Um which has not really been the case. Yeah, I mean, you've talked about, you know, like the fact of the matter is ASU, when you look at the opposing quarterbacks they faced outside of Shador and Caleb Williams, there hasn't been any really big names uh, that they've had to worry about. Now in the back half of the season, you've got Michael Penix Jr. after the bye. You've got Cam Ward. You've got Bo Nix. Like you still have some of the top tier quarterbacks, not only in this league, but in all of college football, that you're going to have to find a way to help this offense in Trenton Bourget score some more points. So if you're not able to get more turnovers, then it almost feels like you are going to take a step back into the the losing big category yeah. because those quarterbacks and those offenses, they know how to function and they are methodical uh, and they are high powered. So the defense is certainly going to need to elevate, uh, even though they've been one of the, I would say the better half of this team, uh, yeah. through that first six games. Uh, let's go ahead and, and look at some of the special teams takeaways because they have had some issues of their own. Sean, we've got to figure out the punting situation, whether it's the injury to Josh Carlson, whatever. Cam Scadaboo, regardless, has looked <laughs> like the best punter yeah. uh, on the team, and you can't have your running back be the best punter, man. Yeah, not no, okay. that's definitely not. I, I mean, it's, it's uh, the unfortunate reality of special teams is like, with the exception of like game-winning kicks, you probably don't really want to be talked about because if you are something's probably gone yeah. wrong um and i mean as far as the punting situation like carlson was a guy that they acquired who was an all-american and in, in 
FCS, right? Was he FCS or D2? Um, I want to say FCS. I think he was FCS, but I'm pretty sure he was an All-American. He had aspirations of being an All-American at ASU, and it's gotten the exact yeah. opposite of that. Like That dream is out of the window, unfortunately. It's been very rough prior to any kind of injury and stuff like it's been rough all year. It's something we brought up in multiple post games. Like they, it, this team needs all the help they can get and the inability to flip field position on special teams has, has certainly hurt this team. Um, and so, yeah, they're going to have to figure out the punter situation because it is not, it has actively hurt this team, which you never want to be the case for something like the punting. Yeah. I mean, regardless where, where Carlson was coming from, right? FCS, FBS, like it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you have, you have a job. Exactly. You got to do that job. Um, and, and through six games, that that unit hasn't been good. Um, people forget that I want to say it was a Southern Utah game, that they got a punt blocked and returned for a touchdown in the second half of that game, uh, which ended up making yeah. it a lot closer than it needed to be. So it hasn't been just flipping field position. It's been yeah. just about every single aspect of the, the, the punting unit needs to be corrected moving forward. Because, again, how many times have we talked about, like, you are actively hurting your team when you can't simply flip the side of the field. And this is a wildly different thing, but special teams matter, right? Yeah. Again, this is one of the craziest sport, sports stats uh, of all time, in my personal opinion, is you look back, I want to say the 2010 Chargers had the number one offense and the number one defense in the NFL and missed the playoffs because they had the worst special teams Um group out of 32 which is it's a crazy stat but it just goes to show that special teams matters at the end of the day so the next special teams takeaway uh, that we have is the aggressiveness has made kicking non-existent or at least it feels like it it feels like we see dario longhetto maybe once a game if we're lucky which i I mean also don't happen that often do you like how do you feel about that do you wish that maybe this offense would settle for more field goal attempts down the stretch or are you comfortable with the aggression in, in maybe the, the learning points that this offense is, is yeah. taking with it going for it so consistently on fourth down. I mean, it's definitely tough when they don't pay off, but I think ultimately, like, this is kind of why you get excited about Kenny is his aggressiveness. And this, yeah. is, this is who Kenny is. This is who this team is. And so you have to, like, if you believe in Kenny, you got to believe in that. That's just kind of how this, this is going to go. Um, and so I think you kind of have to. And then, and then, I mean, also, like, it, it has very much been a situation where, like, you, don't got a whole lot to lose. Like you kind of have to be aggressive if you want to have a chance. Like I mean, the reason they they stuck with USC for as long as they did is because they were aggressive and unorthodox and stuff like that. And so, um, it's definitely like unfortunate. But that that at the very least doesn't feel like it's a product of not having a kicker. Yeah, it, it just feels like that's just again that's Kenny being Kenny, and I'm not going to complain about that one. Too, no, too. you're absolutely right because they get it every time. You're like it's he's a hero. If they yeah. don't then you're the villain. It always works like that. We're going to continue uh, the lessons learned here in a second. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about our friends over at Four Peaks. Sean, the mm. D-backs, they're a damn wagon, and they got a game tonight. Is that correct? Yes, they do. Game two after kicking, uh, shout out Arizona Dodgers fan, kicking the Dodgers fan, uh, kicking the Dodgers ass in game one. Absolutely embarrassing them. Maybe retiring Clayton Kershaw. Um, we'll see, hopefully. Um yeah, it was uh, it was big time, and yeah, they got another game tonight. You celebrating with some four peaks after last night? Uh, 
or no, it was a couple uh, nights ago, Saturday, 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 Saturday night. night. Yeah, look, regardless whether your team is winning, they're losing, or whatever, guys, Four Peaks is the brew for you. And we are officially in spooky season. It is October, which means pumpkin porter season is here too, guys. Get in the fall state of mind with notes of nutmeg, allspice, and toasted pie crust. Who doesn't love pie crust? Are you kidding me? Or pumpkins. Back on the shelves and in draft lines throughout the valley. Visit fourpeaks.com slash locator to find all your favorite brewery tours and events. Stein holding Oktoberfest and haunted brewery tours are right around the corner. Check out at Four Peaks Brew at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You do got to be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. And if you need a place to watch the Diamondbacks tonight, head over to Four Peaks 8th Street Pub in Tempe because that is a whole ass vibe down over there. Mm, true. It very much is. Um, I'm going to miss it. Yeah, it's it. Don't don't even get me started. Stop. You're going to make me cry over here, dude. I don't need that in my life, okay? Uh, I'm not going to have uh, four peaks where I'm headed, but I will have access to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, thankfully. Maybe a little nugget, a little hint, because it's still not legal everywhere, unfortunately. Um, but I did, um, you were talking about the Diamondbacks prior to the playoff starting, did put a future down on the Diamondbacks to win the World Series. Looking a lot better than I thought it did in the moment. I was just kind of doing it for the vibes, and here we are, maybe making a boatload of money off of it. So we'll see. Uh, but if I'm making that boatload of money, I'm going to be doing it. For my friends over at DraftKings, um, you know, MLB playoffs in the thick of it. NFL season going oh, strong. Oh, yeah. Made some money on the NFL season um, yesterday. Did you? Yeah, cashed a little. So you know how the, the bonus money? Yeah. I was getting for my brother's birthday. Mm-hmm. So I got my, my $100 in bonus money. Okay. And I said all week last week, right, that I was going to be emotionally hedging the Arizona State game. Yes. So I emotionally hedged, and then I had a couple other picks um, that were going to be taking place on NFL Sunday, and a nice little $100 bonus bet turned into almost $700. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful weekend for me I all see. thanks to DraftKings, man go off go off well hopefully i'm gonna be able to make some money tonight on the arizona diamondbacks um because my DraftKings sports pick of the week is none other than the arizona diamondbacks money line plus mm. 136 shitting mm. me zach gallon on the bump we own them now we um, own them the now. vibes are high <laughs> coming back to to um the valley yep two nothing lead injected straight into my veins um, because the Arizona Diamondbacks are a motherfucking wagon. Um, so yeah, DraftKings Sports Pick of the Week, Arizona Diamondbacks, money line plus 136. Um, and if you want to get on, in on that or um, any, whether it's MLB, NFL, college football, anything, uh, do it on DraftKings. Get in on the game day greatness now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHNX. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL um, that's code PHNX only on the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casinos and Resorts, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, bonus bets expire. Are 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com/slash/football-terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Love that. Love that. Also, love that I gave you that ad specifically for your last. I enjoy reading that disclaimer. To be quite honest, do you? Yeah, because I feel like it kind of gives me flashbacks to my broadcast days when I'm reading the mm. script, and I also like enjoy saying the crown is yours. There you go. The crown is. I yours. feel like John. And I. <laughs> 
again, we are six games through the Arizona State football season. So we've gone through some lessons, offensive, defense, special teams. Now it's time to take a look uh, at some team leaders, some guys that have stepped up whether that be offense, defense, et cetera. And we're going to be starting things off at the quarterback position. Uh, Trenton Borgay leading this team, 726 pass yards, completing 65.3% of his passes and three total touchdowns, two of those on the ground. One we saw last week in a hilarious fashion to start off that CU mm-hmm. game. Uh, and then one passing touchdown that obviously came to Troy O'Meara. Um, at the end of that CU game. Sean, what have you seen from Trenton Borgay in the games that he has played and just kind of the way that he's carried himself given the fact that he wasn't the starter going into this season? I mean, it's exactly what you expect from Trenton Borgay. I think that's why there were so many, I mean, at least part of the reason why so many fans wanted to see him play. Like, he is just, he's a game manager. He does it, he just goes and kind of does his job. Yeah. Like, he, he is very consistent, never too high, never too low. Uh, generally does pretty well about taking care of the ball, which is obviously a great place to be when you're coming from uh, when you're a few weeks removed from an eight turnover game. Um, like it, it, he is just kind of what I think this offense needed right now is just someone who is just going to be able to consistently get the ball to their playmakers hands and let the playmakers make plays. Um, and, and so it, yeah, I think ultimately what you've seen is exactly what Kenny and this offense needed. Yeah, they I, we kind of joke about it, but he, he reminds me so much of Kirk Cousins, right? Mm-hmm. He's a game manager. This is what he does. This is he's not the guy that's going to go out there um, and, and blow you away with arm talent. But what he does do is he finds ways to get the job done. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, I don't think Trenton has been the issue uh, in the games no. that he has played this season. Uh, and I think that's you know ultimately what the offense needed to maybe find a little bit of life. So that's definitely uh, and, and an important And if he thing. is the issue, he's certainly been, I think, the best quarterback they've had out there so far this year. Yeah. Or at least has performed the best. At times, at times for sure. Uh, moving on to the guy that's been just the secret weapon, hmm. I feel like, this season, Cam Scadaboo. Uh, he's been all over the field, literally throwing the ball, running the ball, catching the ball, kicking the ball, huh. 612 total yards. 612 total yards through six games, man. This guy is averaging a little over 100 yards total uh, per game. He's averaging only 3.9 per carry, though. I believe he's got 90-plus carries already on the season and six total Mm -hmm. touchdowns. Cam Scadaboo, Sean, has been an absolute menace to opposing teams. And I don't know if you saw, but after the CU game, I think it was Deion Sanders Jr., had come up to him and said, dude, you're you're a dog. (laughs) Like You're you're amazing. Yeah, you recognize his game. Yeah, I mean... uh, he has been this team's most important player so far this year. Yeah. I don't think there's really much debate about it. Like he is, like you said, he's done everything. Obviously the running back has kind of always been important in ASU's offense, at least over in recent history. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, yeah, he has been like without cam that this, these games don't look as competitive as they have. I don't, I think that's safe to say, like he has been this team's most important player through these six games. Um, I mean, yeah, and you mentioned his secret weapon. Like, I think at this point people know, but, yeah. like, you certainly didn't expect. I didn't, I didn't know that this guy, like, I mean, for a, a good period of time through the offseason, you weren't even completely sure who was going to be the starter. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, he, he took that role, and now he's doing everything. Um, I, he is a dog. Like, there's not much more to it. He's just a dog. And, again, something that this offense, I think, desperately needs right now. They need someone who's just going to. Just go do his job. Just go to work. Um, and that's certainly Cameron Scadaboo. Yeah. Arizona Dodgers fan in the chat. Does anyone know what happened when Scadaboo hit one of the Colorado players after the play? I saw that. I believe that was toward the end of the game. 
Um, and Cam had tweeted something saying that he there that he didn't hear a whistle or something like that. I don't know about all that. Hmm. Uh, I obviously wasn't on on the field for that, but it it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It's definitely a chippy environment between those two teams. Uh, and I think you see that now with anybody that's playing that CU team. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely something that's going to carry over to the Big 12. I do want to get to Rez's question. Are they trying to save him? Didn't seem to use him that much in the first half. Sean, when we were at the game, uh, I kind of turned to you because we knew the game plan going in. We knew that this team was going to try and spread out Colorado, mm-hmm. throw it quite literally 40 to 50 times. Um, and that's what they did. And, you know, Kyson Brown got the start. We saw Tevin White pretty early on in the game. And I turned to you and I said, you know what? Obviously, Cam hasn't been healthy the entire week. He hasn't been 100% all mm. week long. So maybe that played a little bit of a role in it. In my personal opinion, again, you look at this team, we're six games through the season. He's already got 90-plus carries. He's yeah. caught the ball, too. He's one of the team's leading receivers as well. I think in my mind they were trying to keep him fresh for that third and that fourth quarter because it did feel like in the third quarter or late second, they did start to feed him a little bit more. Uh, But I think at the end of the day, I don't necessarily know whether that is, you know, them trying to keep him fresh or if that is had something to do with him being banged up. In my personal opinion, it was... To, to keep him fresh, I think that would have been the, the smart thing because yeah. you see the team, this team has depth at uh, running back and I know they're dying to get to Carlos Brooks back on the field as mm-hmm. well. So that's why I think uh, maybe you didn't see Scat too early on uh, in that game. Moving on though to a guy who we talked a little bit about earlier leads this team um, in receptions and he's just an absolute dog. Elijah Badger, 33 catches on the year, 422 yards, averaging 12.8 yards a grab, and he's got two touchdowns as well. Sean, EK has been, I mean, everything that we thought he was going to be and more, and again, it it is such a surprise to me that there aren't more people talking about Elijah Badger. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a product of this team not winning games, obviously, right? But But um, even at the start of the season, to not be picked, what was it, on the Pac-12, on either of the Pac-12 teams is, is pretty crazy yeah i mean i think that was definitely an oversight i mean let's be let's be real there's plenty of plenty of talent there is, in there this is. conference i mean look at usc alone there's there's guys for days go down to u of a terry mcmillan is a dog like there's definitely lots of good receivers in this conference but elijah badger at the very least deserves to be a part of that conversation i think yeah. he has proven that uh through these first few weeks is that he is he's like legit he, oh yeah there's a reason he's playing division one football and he's a, the reason he's a starting receiver at a power five school because he is a legitimately good wide receiver and i again i think you're seeing that i think it's just kind of the nature of asu that especially when the offense in general is not producing all that well um he's going to get overlooked um but it's certainly not because of a lack of performance he has shown why we thought he was going to be so important and so crucial to this offense yeah sharing in the chat love badger i hope he is back next season uh i think asu would count themselves lucky (laughs) if elijah badger was back next season not necessarily because the transfer portal but maybe simply because uh you know depending on the way he finishes this season we already talked earlier it looks like he's destined for the league we'll see how early uh that comes for him but yeah it goes without saying that this team would benefit greatly from having elijah badger on the roster next year but you know, this this is obviously a conversation for for down the line, but this is a team that in reality can keep a lot of their key guys and they can keep guys that 
probably aren't going to play much this season or at all. A guy in Xavier Alford on the defensive side yeah. of the ball getting eligibility next year. Uh, Jake Smith has several years of eligibility, yeah. eligibility left. I believe somebody had told me that if he were to play out the entirety of his eligibility, he could be a 27-year-old wide receiver Unreal. at Arizona State. These are all guys that they, there was hope that they were going to contribute this year. This year. And then so. obviously a guy in Jordan Tyson still working his way back too yeah. um, can be a key key piece um, of this team but looking at the defensive side of the ball I, I was trying to pick who I felt was the defensive MVP or maybe a guy that's that's been a real surprise thus far and, and you know there are guys that have more tackles there are guys that I think it talked about a little bit more but just based off of what he did against Colorado it is really hard to not talk about Prince Dorba Prince Dorba 25 total tackles on the season and Sean, six sacks in six games. This guy has been an absolute menace off the edge for ASU. Hook him. <laughs> uh, I mean, I obviously got a soft spot for Texas more than a soft spot. I love Texas. Um, thank God we're not going to be in the same conference with them or else I would have had to start rooting against them, which would have sucked. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, a guy that I was hoping a lot from, and in large part that was just because he was a Texas guy. Um, but, it, it, yeah, I, I mean... Again, the, I think that the front seven in general of this defense has been a very pleasant surprise. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think Prince is kind of the epitome of the, all of all of that, of how much of a surprise it's kind of been. Is you didn't really know what to expect or who you're going to get the production from or anything like that. And to see it from guys like this, to see that like Kenny has gone into the transfer portal and gotten guys that are going to that have produced at a high level immediately basically yeah. um and that's really encouraging from for the for the future of of kenny dillingham and arizona state football um and so yeah i mean i think prince is a dog dude uh, of course duh he's a dog <laughs> strong in the chat not sure if this is the right place to ask but here goes az mls team went probably never not what here, i've though. heard um ph next rising live tomorrow six i believe yeah phnx rising tomorrow 6 p.m right here on phnx youtube um they'll, they'll, they talk soccer and they'd be happy to answer that question for you i'm sure john before we move on give me one guy that you want to see elevate in the last six games of the season um hmm. I'll, I, I mentioned him earlier Ro torrance i just think the secondary desperately needs someone to like step up yeah and, and there is a reason Roe was kind of a guy we were expecting to play a big role coming into the season because yeah. I think he's certainly capable of it. And so I, I want to see him step up and become the, I mean, we know physically he's a freak. He's physically gifted. Um, so I want to see him put that to use and be the, the shutdown corner that I think we all think he can be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Bram Walden, not necessarily mm. a guy that, you know, I think needs to step up. I think everybody could probably step up and elevate their game, but this is a guy that I think can, can take these next six games and already some of the reps that he's gotten so far this season to really elevate him and put him in a stronger position next year going forward to to be that prime left tackle yeah. for Arizona State because we know that's one of the most important spots, uh, not just on the offensive line, but on a roster, yeah. keeping that quarterback's blind side. Rez brings up another great one in Xavier Guillory. I mean, he was a guy that I was coming in saying, as we, all as we talked about Elijah Badger, I thought he was going to be the number one. Like I yeah. thought he was going to take over um, and just kind of not just the conference, but the country on notice. So clearly hasn't happened yeah. um, at this point. And I don't, it's again, hard to tell how much of that is him, how much of that is the offensive line, the quarterback situation, the play calling, yada, yada. Um, but another guy that certainly just add another dimension, another layer to this offense, if he can step up, it would certainly be big. 
Absolutely. Arizona Dodgers fan. Does Jake Smith not being able to play have anything to do with our offense not doing that good? I don't necessarily think so. I think, you know, it, it definitely wouldn't hurt to have another weapon out there like Jake Smith. Yeah. Uh, but when you look at what's kind of gone on with this offense, it, it started early on with the the play calling from Bo Baldwin. Uh, and then I think it eventually got into the fact that, you know, you're you're shuffling around quarterbacks. Your offensive line is banged up is not even the right word to, to kind of tell the story as to how that group has had to deal with adversity this season so i think it's just it's kind of been a little bit of everything has has made it uh, a little tough so again with six games left you'll obviously see uh, what this team can do but jake smith coming back next year would be huge yeah uh, for the sun devils i mean it it he certainly would make this team better, but like yeah. we've been talking about, the team struggles are not due to a la- lack of playmakers in the perimeter. No, no, um, no, no, no. So I, I don't think, like, it, again, it would make the team better, but it's certainly not why the team is not producing. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get to our Pac-12 power rankings, want to tell you guys about our friends over at Burrito Express. Guys, Burrito Express, they have locations all over the Valley. Shout out Angel. Angel, one of the best Best to do it, I think, in Arizona. He's just an overall great dude, great business model, uh, and great social media as well. So definitely head over to a nearby Burrito Express location. They have got all sorts of burritos. I'm still big on the steak and egg and then adding some bacon to it. It goes crazy uh, with really any of their salsas, the red, the green. It's all really good. They don't miss. Go get yourself a burrito. Check them out and follow them on social at Burrito EXP. Ooh. Um, depending on which burrito express you go to, as we've discovered in the show, um, in shows prior, um, you could be going to one that is combined with a circle K and that to me sounds like literal heaven. Um, the other night after the game on Saturday, actually, um, you know, we were here late getting our work done and then David and I are like, okay, see ya, see ya Monday, whatever we leave three minutes later, we both pulled into circle K. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, I was like, Hey. <laughs> hey, over there, two pumps over. Um, the funny thing is, he's behind me, and he elected not to pull into the pump right next to me, which I thought was pretty crazy. Wow, um, kind that's kind of fake. fake. That's kind of what I'm thinking. He was on the phone though, so but still, hang up the phone and talk to me. Yeah. Anyways, um, your friends might let you down, but Circle K will never let you down. True. Um, simply the best gas station on the face of the planet. Um, they're everywhere. Like I alluded to, I'm going to be moving. Thankfully, I'm not going to have to worry about leaving circle k behind Uh, i know but circle k will always be there for me because they're everywhere um and so is their inner circle club which is very convenient um because moving means driving and driving means gas and so i can use all the help on gas i can get inner circle's got you sign up now 25 cents off your first five fill-ups tons of free stuff that they get in their app offers things of the sort Uh, so check out um our friends over at Circle K. Join the Inner Circle Club for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. Participating locations is such a funny phrase to me. Participating in offerings. Locations. Like whenever like uh, like you'll do a Wendy's commercial and be like, the $5 biggie bag only at, at participating locations. I'm like, what locations don't participate? Yeah, I've, no, never, I've never gone somewhere and be like, ah, oh, we don't do that here. I've never like, and I know sometimes that like certain things, like you go to like a college and on campus, like that one won't take the coupons or the, the they don't have a full menu. That stuff. I or get. they've never heard of the offer. That's my personal favorite. When you, you bring them something and you're like, yeah, you're doing this offer. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're what? You should know. <laughs> yeah. You told me to come here. So that's tough. Uh, Colby in the chat. The only thing that I'm going to say about Shador 
uh is this whole thing has gotten just it's cringy dude it's a little corny now like oh, him you loser him going up to the asu student no, section after that was so corny loser. bro it was so Did corny you hear how much shit the asu was student so section corny, was talking dude. it was so they corny. were chanting fuck uh fuck see you the whole time nah man I'm all in on Shador. I think Shador's a good quarterback. It's just the moment that the game ends, you're going to run over to the yes. student section of a one in five football team. they were talking team. shit the whole time. It's just, I don't know, Ah, dude. man, you make your bed, you lay in it. I like it. Students get away with too much. They don't They don't have to get out there and you get You don't got to flex on these ASU students that you got to watch, dude. I get mean, over it. I would. I would. I, I appreciate you, Shador. I mean, Shador's clearly a very talented No, yeah, he's, I'm, not, I'm not denying he's um, a surprised good quarterback. Surprised he's not as quick or he's slow, as slow as he is, but it... Is made up for by his pocket presence and his poise. Like he's just such a well up here in the head. Such yeah. a well, like obvious. He's the son of Deion Sanders. Of course, he's going to be a good athlete. Um, he's but, got a well conditioned mental. Yeah, he he is he is uh, meant to be a quarterback. <laughs> That's yeah. really all there is to absolutely. it. Absolutely, absolutely. He'd definitely find himself in the league at some point. I think, regardless if you don't like him, if you if you like him, whatever. I think. It is going to be must-watch TV when he gets to the league, uh, regardless whether oh, it's good. Oh yeah, because you think bad. these college kids want to take his head off? Oh, imagine these grown-ass men aren't going to have time dude, for his imagine. bullshit. He's going to put the watch up one time, and Joey Bosa is going to come off the edge and take his head off. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be definitely fun to to see him in the league uh, at some point. Uh, yeah, I just Arizona Dodgers fan. I'm mad what he did to to JC, and that was BS. That there is a play that comes up where where he ran and got tackled, and then stood up like he did something to JC. No, I've so, seen the replay, and he got like he. So the way I, I watched that. the play is that like he like they they went to the ground, and then he let go of the ball, but JC not seeing where the ball was was still kind of like slapping at his hand, yeah, trying to knock the ball out. But ultimately, what he was doing was kind of just smacking Shador in the hand, and Shador clearly took exception to that. I mean. It's whatever, dog. It's the heat of the moment. It's I was the just like, what? what do you mean? I don't know. And again, uh, I couldn't see that from the press box. Yeah, I mean, that's just what I how I saw the replay one time, and that's yeah. what I thought I saw at least. So, um, it. I don't know, dog. It's a football field. You don't know what he said to him. He might have said true. That's like, true. He might have said some shit. I mean, it's JC, but he's like not his guy on the planet. But you don't know who. You don't know how they're he both is. gamers. Yeah, JC. I feel like on the field is different than JC off it. Um, yeah, so, if we were. I, th- I think if we were on the field and we were in different colors, JC would take our heads off. Oh yeah, JC. He's. I mean, like we could be cool. Go off. watch we his dad's cool highlights, off. dog. No, yeah, he's he, he was quite literally born different. I was literally showing somebody's the highlights the other day of Ryan Clark taking off Willis McGahee's head when he put him to sleep. Yeah, that's sheesh. The, the Clark dogs. family is just a bunch of dogs. Really, really. Let's so, go ahead yeah. and get into um, Pac-12 power rankings, Sean. This is, I mean, these are your last packed up power rankings. Yeah, I didn't even really think about that because I could have just done some, yes, yeah, some fuck shit on my yeah, my power rankings. I chose not to. I kept, I, I took it seriously. What do you got? Um, no top, no change at the top. Oregon, Washington, still one two. Um, I think there's kind of like four groups to this conference. Okay. Um, and I think right now it's the top group, and it's Oregon and Washington. Who is better? I don't know. They're both really good though. And uh, then after that, I think there's about Four, five schools. Um, I have Oregon State moving up from five to three, followed by USC, then UCLA, and then Wazoo. All of those schools, I think, are kind of interchangeable. USC is clearly just way more vulnerable than I think people realize on a national scale. You saw that. And full credit to U of A. Uh, they, they were good. But, I mean, this is 
consecutive weeks now for USC where they keep three weeks. Yeah. Like where they keep just staying and like they keep letting teams hang around. Um, and it's a problem I had with them last year. It doesn't seem to have gotten any better. I don't believe in USC. UCLA. I don't know what the hell's going on there. Are they, do they have the best defense in the conference defense. all of a sudden? They've held opponents to under, uh, what, under 14 points in consecutive weeks? Like, it's uh, it been absurd. I don't fully understand what's going on there. And doing uh, it with a freshman quarterback and Dante Moore. Yeah, and Wazoo was a school that we had up at uh, in, in this in the third spot, yeah. or in the fourth spot I, I had last week, and they came and handled them, which is why the, the center part of this conference is so weird, because it's like, I mean... UCLA is better than Wazoo, who's better than Oregon State, who I think is better than USC. Like I, I don't really know <laughs> what to do sense. there. So it's kind of a week by week basis. You know how much I love Oregon State, so that's why I'm keeping them up there. Um, at seven, Utah. They're still in that group though, because again, I don't know what Utah is. They're still Kyle Whittingham in Utah, uh, so I got to give them the respect. They're still capable of anything, but they, uh, I don't don't think played this week, and then it, it, just because of what happened around them, they had to, they they moved down. Shot, not shout out, but hey, U of A dog. Noah Fafita should be the starting quarterback. He should be the starting quarterback. And if they put JDL back there, you saw what Jed Fish said. Yeah, he's going to. I don't know though, because we'll see, man. If you want to win football games, Noah Fafita is the answer. Uh, he showed that against USC, a game they could have definitely won. Um, it, it obviously went to triple overtime, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, more than ASU was able to accomplish, and ASU hung in with that USC team too. Um, so, prop where props are due. Colorado at this point, Arizona State's become like a benchmarker for me. If you can't handle Arizona State, you're not that good of a football team. That's kind of where it is right now. And Colorado could have easily lost that game. Should have gone to overtime, but ASU just forgot how to play football in the final minute. Um, so I just don't. They're clearly not nearly as good of a team as anyone thought, as everyone thought they would. I don't think they would beat Arizona or any of the teams above them right now. Um, so they're nine. Cal stays at ten. ASU stays at eleven, and Stanford still bringing up the rear at twelve. Love it, love it. Sharing in the chat, I was disappointed by Wazoo. I thought they were better than UCLA. Yeah, same. I think it was, a lot of us did. It was a gross. It was a gross line, and you knew it was going to be kind of weird based off of the the sports books had UCLA as a three point favorite going into that yeah. game. And I remember having that conversation <laughs> with Damon. Damon's like, "Oh, I think I like Washington State." I'm like, "Nah, dude, I've seen this before <laughs> because it feels like free money, right? You're, you've got one team that's ranked, one team that fell out of the AP top twenty five. They got a freshman quarterback. You're like, there's no shot, right? There's yeah. no shot. And then they go and they do what they did. That was a hell of a game, uh, regardless. I mean. Chip is a he's that guy, man. He's a good coach. Um and yeah, I I don't know. That but like literally I you can do anything with that kind of three through six area, yeah. three through seven area of the conference, and I'm not gonna be upset about it. You can put almost any of those teams anywhere and it, you can make a good argument for it. Well, let's see where I put them. Starting off, I'm with you. Number one, the Oregon Ducks, number two, the Washington Huskies. It is going to be a hell of a game on Saturday when these two teams play each other. Number seven and number yeah. eight. There might be a hundred points scored this game, but all season long we've talked about feels like. Oregon and Washington. Which team is better? We're going to have an answer, I think. It, I on mean, Saturday. and also, the, but there is a very good chance that it's not the last time these two teams play. That's fair. So, Oregon State, they are third. I knew that Cal was going to give them a little bit of a dogfight. Uh, but Are you ready to put some respect on Cal's name? Eh, they're still 10. They still put up 40 points. They did. They put up 40 points on a good Oregon State defense. So I, I will leave it at that. Oregon State, though, uh, did end up getting the win. And kind of as a result of USC going to triple overtime with U of A and just really the way their defense has played over the last couple of weeks, I have to move them down to four. Uh, Utah, 
I've got them at five. They didn't play this week, but when they do get Cam Rising back, I do think they'll figure it out, and they still yeah, will certainly be in the, the the conversation when we get to the end of the year of a Pac-12 championship. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about Utah is they have not been playing great football, but they're still Cam Rising away. Yeah, and they're 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 still Utah, and they're still very much in the picture of this conference. Yeah, UCLA moves up three spots based off of you know just that massive win. Over Wazoo, again, credit to Dante Moore offensively. And then that UCLA defense looks like it could be one of the scariest in the conference. Wazoo dropping uh, two spots because of that loss to UCLA. Arizona, I wanted to move them up, but I couldn't. I couldn't in reality move them up over Washington State yeah. in my mind. And then obviously over UCLA too. So Yeah, I don't think there's any. Uh, I think Arizona is a solid football team. It's not by any means a slight to Arizona. But there's. I don't think you can make a real argument to put them above any of the teams that are above them. Yeah. Especially when they don't know who they're playing at quarterback. Exactly. And I do think that there is still a gap between. Yes, I agree. That, that, like I was saying, that's, that's kind of where that third tier in my mind starts. Eight. eight about, yeah. yeah, that eighth spot I for think sure. There's about three and a half teams in it. <laughs> Colorado, they dropped two spots despite the win over Arizona State. That defense looked as bad as we thought it was going mm-hmm. to be. Um, and offensively, from the offensive line, they need to get that figured out because you go out and you play a defense um, that is ranked in the AP Top 25 or you figure you put that UCLA, UCLA defense against Colorado, they are yeah. going to I eat. Mean, I don't know if they play Oregon State this year, but that seems the potential to be a bloodbath because... I mean, although Oregon State gave up 40 points to Cal, Cal, I do still believe they have a very good defense, and their offense is clearly... Like, if you put Oregon State's defense last year and their offense this year, I think they win the national championship. At least the conference, I'm not even joking to you. Their defense was unbelievable last year. They held USC to, like, 16 points or whatever it was, and then they their offense this year is just putting up points. DJ Uyunglele yeah. is that guy, apparently. Um, man, I just wish they could put it together. Cal at 10, I wanted to, again, show them a little bit of respect, but I couldn't justify moving them over the two teams yeah. um, that really had one had a win and dropped two spots, and then one in U of A that, you know, went to yeah, the wire against SC. There's absolutely no reason, like, uh, I think, like I said. I think Cal that, could be Colorado. That's where that tier is, too. I think Cal, Colorado, and Arizona, like, you put any of those two teams on the field at the same time, you're going to get a really good football game. Yeah, that's fair, honestly. Arizona State at 11, um, they, to your point, it, it hasn't been the season that they wanted up until this point with, yeah. with injuries and, and everything kind of going on. Uh, but, you know, there's hope that they'll eventually figure it out. Maybe not this year, but going into the rest of Kenny's tenure at ASU and then Stanford, still the worst team in the conference in my mind. Uh, they're in a tier of their own, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if we could put that up just one more time, because every week we have a star player hmm. on this graphic. And Sean <laughs> asked me today, he's like, who do you want in the graphic? I'm like, can I have you? Can I have... Sean on the graphic because for those of you again that don't know this is Sean's last show on PHNX Sun Devils dude has been an absolute workhorse he's been the Cam Scadaboo uh, <laughs> of this program really since since we started since it was me him and Shane um, so if there is a 1A 1B you are 1A Oregon is 1B <laughs> Um, so again, everybody, everybody head over to social media, man, and, and give Sean all his flowers, all the love. Cause this, this dude does literally cam scataboo level here. He punts, he kicks, he throws, he does everything. And then some, um, so it, it's just, it's been a pleasure. I'll, I'll let you have the floor to say wh- whatever you want, uh, to sign of a nation or any of that stuff. Um, but yeah, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. No, I appreciate y'all. Um, I appreciate the supporters as always. Shout out Donald. I thought of you specifically when making <laughs> these graphics because I was like, there's no way 
I can leave the last power rankings with any errors. So they were perfect just for you. Um, Tony, I am not going to U of A. I'm not going to Tucson. I am leaving the state of Arizona, but I am still staying in the uh, all city family. So you will not, this won't be the last time you see me, I'm sure. Um, can't quite reveal what I'm doing yet, but it is going to be quite exciting. Um, so yeah, it is uh, definitely sad. I'm definitely Pete saying that going to miss you in Vegas. Definitely, you know, Pac-12 tournament comes around. It's not going to feel the same. It's going to be oh, tough. Man. It's going to be real, uh, real weird. But uh, nah, I mean, you know, I started like my whole venture into being on-air talent uh, started with PH and the Sun Devils. So um, obviously, I strayed away, but I I came home, and uh, yeah, it's gonna miss it it's sure. one of those legends that like plays 15 years for a team goes and plays for another one they have a little bit of like postseason success yeah. literally like the diamondbacks yeah and then they come in they're coming home at the end of the day one day like, your jersey in the rafters yeah. is going to be maroon and gold whether you like it to be or not absolutely so look guys regardless before we get out of here uh we want to tell you about our friends over at illegal pete shout out illegal pete's uh for hosting that awesome event uh this past saturday it, it it's really awesome to go out there, see everybody specifically post game too, coming yeah. up to us uh, and, and telling us how much they enjoy the program. We appreciate obviously Illegal Pete's uh, for giving us uh, that space and letting mm-hmm. us set up. Their margs are absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. I know Shane and I had some. We had a prickly pear and then a strawberry marg. Too. Um, their food is awesome as well, guys. So definitely go check out Illegal Pete's or Tempe Tucson location uh, in the valley and any of their locations. They all go crazy. They're your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer. Stop by for happy hour, 3 p.m. through 8 p.m. every day at all 12 locations, guys. And like I said, they've been doing this for the last 28 years, and they've been doing it right. They've been doing it right. Oh, no. What? 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 I just what? had a realization. Oh, there's something that's not going to be going with you. I can't have OGs again. That's tough. That's real tough. <laughs> no. Oh, you lucky bastards. <laughs> you lucky son of a guns. Rest devil. NIL is taking Sean away. <laughs> not quite. Uh, but you lucky bastards are going to get to stick here in Arizona yeah. with our friends over at OGs. Arizona's number one scratch range. This is the first time I've ever gotten like even slightly emotional. I have genuine tears in my eyes. I just realized I'm not going to be able to have OGs anymore. Damn, bro. That's so tragic. Um, y'all are really lucky. They are really the best edibles I've ever had in my entire life. It's not even a, it's not even a question. Like, like so often edibles taste like weed. Yeah. And it's like, you're like, oh, it's fine. Cause I'm, you know, I know what I'm doing here. I'm not eating this for the enjoyment, but why not enjoy it? And also get the effects of, a wonderfully scratch, a wonderfully made scratch made gummy. That's what OGs gets you because they do taste like candy. They have terrific flavors. Um, their fruits, red apple, watermelon, peach. Their creams, peach and cream, blackberries and cream, orange creamsicle. They're all amazing. Um, so check them out. Check out our friends at OGs Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. You can check them out across all socials at OGs Brands and online at ogsbrands.com to find them at a local dispensary near you. You must be 21 or older to enjoy. Before we get out of here, guys, do Bobby Hurley, do Sean DePause here a little favor. Hit that like button. Sean, I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to remove Bobby for you so that <laughs> you're still on the show in a way. We're just going to have a leave a like for Sean DePause. I love it. Uh, in years from now, people are going to be like, who is this guy? He's just be like, he's one of the, he's one of the OGs. He's, OG. he's like the Vince Lombardi of this program. <laughs> right? Absolutely, guys. So, again, go show some love. For this guy right here again, an absolute legend. Um, and I, again, I, I know it's 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 the bye week for ASU, but we're gonna be doing this thing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 
Friday. We don't stop just because the Sun Devils are on a bye week. But that will do it for this Monday show, guys. If you enjoyed the content, give us a follow over at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. You can follow me at Anthony underscore Toetree. And you can follow this guy right here at Sean underscore DePause. A Sun Devil as always. And we will see you guys Tuesday. But in the meantime, peace.